How Complex is the Process of Sin? Thank you very much for joining us this Lord's Day morning for another study. You can find this broadcast along with past editions, service times, contact information, and more by visiting benchurchofchrist.org. How complex is the process of sin? In the recent past, we've talked about Adam and Eve and how the faith was tested in the Garden of Eden. And reminding ourselves of that event in Genesis chapter 2, the Lord God commanded man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thou shalt surely die. The book of Ezekiel tells us in Ezekiel 18 that the soul that sinneth, it shall die. The prophet Isaiah told us that the iniquities, your iniquities, have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. And the book of Romans in the New Testament, the wages of sin is death. So it is, it is pointed out with exclamation points in multiple places the effect, the impact that sin has on mankind. It separates us between us and our God, just as man was separated from the Garden of Eden. And again, Romans says that the wages of sin is death. This word wages is something we're very familiar with and that it is something that we have earned. Uh, back at this particular time, uh, soldiers were paid with food uh, or, or other items of a tangible nature. It is something that they earned. It was customary to pay soldiers in these things. And it simply meant that they had earned it or they deserved it, and they received proper pay by what they had merited from the work that they had done. And this is the application. This is the word that is given there. The wages of sin, something that you have gained, something that you have merited, something that you have earned. There are a number of examples, but the example that we want to look at is a passage and a, a lesson very familiar to us with a lot of very vivid detail, and that is David and Bathsheba. We read of this in 2 Samuel chapter 11. It came to pass after the year was expired at the time that the kings go forth to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all of Israel, and they destroyed the children of Ammon and besieged Rabot, but David tarried at Jerusalem. It came to pass at eventide that David rose off his bed, walked up to the roof of the king's house, and from the roof he saw a woman washing herself, and the woman was very beautiful to look on. David sent and inquired after the woman, and one said, Is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Elam and the wife of Uriah the Hittite? David sent messengers and took her, and she came unto him, and he lay with her, and then she returned unto her house. And the woman conceived and sent and told David and said, I am with child. So some time passes here. David sent to Joab saying, send me Uriah the Hittite, her husband. And Joab did this. When Uriah was coming to him, David inquired of how things were going in the war. David said unto Uriah, go down to thy house, wash thy feet. And Uriah departed out of the king's house. And David sent a meal, a mess of meat, home with him. But, verse 9, Uriah slept at the door of the king's house with all the servants of his Lord and went not down to his house. And they came and told King David, said, Uriah went not into his house. David said to Uriah, Camest thou not home from thy journey? Why did they not go to thine house? 
Uriah said unto David, The ark and Israel and Judah abide in tents, and my lord Joab, the servants of my lord, are encamped in the open fields. Shall I go to my house to eat and drink and lie with my wife? As thou livest and as thy soul livest, I will not do this thing. He said, I can't go depart in mentally and physically when my brothers and my, my soldiers, my army are back in battle. I can't depart from that. So he was not separating himself from being in the fields. David said to Uriah, Terry, here today and also tomorrow, and I'll let you go back. So Uriah abode in Jerusalem that day and the morrow, and David called him, and he did eat and drink before him. He made him drunk, and even uh, he went out to lie on his bed with the servants of his Lord, but did not go to his house. Another effort of David to try to get him to go spend the night with his pregnant wife Bathsheba. But Uriah did not do such. It came to pass in the morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, sent it by the hand of Uriah. He wrote a letter, said, Set ye Uriah at the forefront of the hottest battle. Retire from him that he may be smitten and die. It came to pass when Joab observed the city, he assigned Uriah into a place where he knew that valiant men were. The men of the city went out, fought with Joab. There fell some of the people of the servants of David, and Uriah the Hittite died. So what happened? David sent him to the front lines, and he told Joab, have everyone but Uriah retreat a little bit so that Uriah will be killed in the line of battle, and this is what's happened. So we can see in detail of what transpired between David and Bathsheba, and that's what it is that we focus on, and also what happened after that. Uh, and, and how David responded to this error that he committed. This process is detailed in the book of James in chapter 1. Let no man say when he is tempted that I am tempted of God. And here we're talking about tempted to sin. There's a whole other lesson on being tested, our faith tested, that is different than being tempted to do evil tempted to sin. Let no man say when he is tempted, I am tempted of God, for God cannot be tempted with evil, neither tempteth he any man. But, and here's our lesson, every man is tempted when, here's the process, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, lust, when it hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin, sin, when it is finished, it bringeth forth death. That's where we started our lesson this morning in the definition of sin. Sin, when it is that it separates between us and our God, Isaiah says, the wages of sin, Romans 6 says, is death. Every man is tempted, step one, when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. David was drawn away. He got out of his bed. He went to the roof. He looked across the way and saw a beautiful woman. He was drawn away. Drawn away from what? Drawn away from what he knew. The word here is enticed or lured as the English Standard Version. Fishermen understand what a lure is. It is something that is going to attract the fish, but it has a hidden agenda. It has a hook inside. So it is something that attracts the fish and draws them away. And this is exactly what happened to David. He was deceived. He was drawn away from that which he knew and was enticed. He is drawn away of his own lust. It's another powerful word. 
Lust is an intense, unbridled, overwhelming desire. Hunger is another word, and its focus is to please one's self at, at any cost. In this instance, it was an overwhelming sexual desire that David had for Bathsheba. It's about possession, and it is about greed. John talks about this concept of lust in 1 John chapter 2. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the, love, in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. Sin can be put in one of these three categories. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. I believe David possibly had issues with all three of these. It's not of the Father, but is of the world. The world passes away, the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Lust is in the sin of the eyes, and it occurs by getting into our imagination. Imagination is filled with imagery, and this concept of lust gets into our mind, and our imagination begins to take over. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust and enticed, David said, what? Who is she? It's now beginning to grow. This lust now is beginning to go the next step, and that is conception. Lust, when, it, when, when you have drawn away of your own lust, you are enticed, and then it is conceive. This simply means to seize all together from all sides. The visual is clasping your hands, grasping something with a very strong hold. It starts as a seed packed with desire. It germinates and sprouts into something bigger and more powerful and more powerful and it begins to absolutely overwhelm you. It comes in through the mind, works itself around, and it grows as we then begin to think and plan, how can I go about accomplishing the task that is in my mind? David said, go get her. At some point in this process, David had a wake-up call, and he realized, I've done something very wrong. And I believe it is right before we read that Bathsheba goes home. Uh, the book of Numbers says, Surely your sin will find you out. And that is exactly what happened with David and Bathsheba. The next verse that we read is, Word got back to David, she is with child. Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own sin, only lust, and enticed. When lust it hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. We can see that with David and Bathsheba. He is drawn away of his own lust and enticed. And lust is conceived. It brings forth sin. And as a result of sin, the wages of sin is death. Do not err, my beloved brethren, James 1 and 16 says. The Amplified Bible says, don't be misled. New King James says, don't be deceived. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. David had at least five opportunities to stop and walk away. Five opportunities to stop and walk away, and he plowed right past every single one of those stop signs. That, friends, is the power 
with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and how quickly deception can take over and pull us in to its grasp. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, that is steadfast under any trial. We read in James 1 and 12. Uh, and in Romans we read, Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants, know ye not that to whom you yield, we know what yield is, yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom you obey, whether sin unto death, or obedience unto righteousness. The wages of sin is death, but the rest of that sentence is, the rest of that verse is, the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. The contrast that is there. Wages is something that we have earned, but gift is something that we haven't earned. The grace of God, the gift of God is life eternal. Our mission is to battle sin that brings about death. From faith in God that rewards those who know just how strong deception can be and who comprehends and understands the process of sin. All of those five steps where David could have stopped. We can see it and we're strong enough and we're wise enough to stop it before it goes too far. For though we walk in the flesh, 2 Corinthians 10 says, we do not war after the flesh, for the weapons of our warfare are not carmel, but mighty through God to the pulling down of the strongholds, casting down imaginations. There that word is. And every high thing, every proud obstacle that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and brings into captivity every thought into captivity grasp every thought to the obedience of Christ and having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Thank you very much for joining us. We greatly appreciate you taking time to be with us this morning. We look forward to the visit next week. Until then, have a very blessed day.